precepts of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me, for you already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I will never be lonely, for you are near. You become my delicious feast. Even when my enemies dare to fight, you anoint me with your fragrance of the Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of, you, until my heart overflows. So why would I fear the future? For your goodness and love pursue me all the days of my life. Then afterward, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence and be forever with you. is my best friend, my shepherd. I always have more than enough. He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. His tracks take me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brook of bliss. That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me, for you already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I will never be lonely, for you are near. You become my delicious feast. Even when my enemies dare to fight, you anoint me with your fragrance of the Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of, you, until my heart overflows. So why would I fear the future? For your goodness and love pursue me all the days of my life. Then afterward, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence and be forever with you. is my best friend, my shepherd. I always have more than enough. He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. His tracks take me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brook of bliss. That's where he was. Good morning, everybody. We're so glad that you can be here this morning. And we're going to enter God's presence and give him the glory and the praise that he is worthy of. Father, we're so grateful and thankful that we could come here today into your very presence to experience your goodness Lord, to have your overwhelming love and lord your presence is in our midst and we give you all the glory and all the praise in jesus name amen let's worship the lord together amen. let's stand together this morning are you ready to worship
foundation knowledge to come to us. That we can have faith for the miracles that you put in our hands. That we can have faith for the miracles that can operate through our lives as you've written in the word of God. Just like Jesus did. Father, I ask for a revelation in this place today. A revelation out of this house. That our eyes will be open. That scales will fall from our eyes, Lord. That we will realize the power that dwells within us. The power. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We worship you. Hallelujah. The mountains are still being moved. Strongholds are still being loose. God, we believe. Yes, we can see it. That wonders are still watching.
from harm. Could you keep us out of danger? Could you your miracle working power every day in our lives? Oh, we thank you, Lord, for your goodness towards us. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for being with us. Holy Spirit for being with us. You never leave us. You're here to guide us into all truth. Oh, you're here to guide us into all truth. Oh, we worship you in this place. There's nothing worth more that will ever come can compare your living home. 
Best way that you know how. you to come forward if you're watching this and if you need a miracle you know when people came to Jesus they often worshipped him and in their worship came their answer so if you're here this morning and you need a miracle in your life doesn't matter what area of life you know we don't live by miracles we live by faith but we thank God for miracles Amen. Sometimes the miracle puts us forward. It propels us. Hallelujah. This is a house of miracles. Why? Because the miracle worker is here. His power. 
power, his presence. Hallelujah. I just want you to begin to worship the Lord. Begin to exalt him and honor him. You can join in. Let's just worship the Lord. It's his presence that performs the work. Oh, Father, we give you thanks and praise. You know the miracle that he needs, Lord. And while, Father, we just thank you right now that you give him that miracle that he needs in the name of Jesus. A miracle. A miracle. The power of God. Hallelujah. Oh, we thank you, Lord, for your power in the name of Jesus. Touch him. Fill him. Come upon him now, Father, in the name of Jesus. And if you're watching this, I want you just to begin to worship God right where you are, in the place that you're watching this. Begin to lift up your hands. Begin to praise the name. See, there's no distance in the spirit. Father, I thank you for those who are watching this today or whenever they watch it, Lord. I thank you that your power is going forward in the airwaves and it's touching them and you're causing miracles to happen. In the name of Jesus, we release the power of God as our faith connects with your power and it activates it in our lives. Touch those, Father, who need a miracle who are watching this in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, Father, thank you for working miracles, causing things to come about that supersedes natural laws. And Lord, we walk in a relationship with you and Lord, we expect miracles to happen wherever we are. Because your power lives in us. And we have the authority in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we give you thanks and praise. We honor your presence here today. In Palmyra, in the family of Victory Christian Fellowship, we give you all glory and honor for you are worthy, Lord. And we thank you for speaking to us. Get ready, get ready, for I'm about to shake. I'm about to make the ground quake. And know this, that the shaking will begin in my house. I will be shaking. Things will fall to this side or that side. But know that my power will be moving. My word will be going forth. And I will be shaking things. So get ready. Stay close to me. For when you're close to me, the shaking will be just another move. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, you may have your seats. Thank you, Signature Worship Team. 
Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. What a wonderful day it is to be in God's house with God's family. You know, I've been going to church for a long time. Hallelujah. I went to church before I knew the Lord, but I'll tell you what's a whole lot more exciting knowing the Lord. Amen. 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 But I'm glad to be in a place that's full of the life of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, what we want to do here today is we want to confess the word. Amen. You know, that's our key to victory. So wanted to invite everyone to join us as we make this confession in faith. Our God is a consuming fire. He upholds his word and we worship him alone. The fire of God is his glory that is holy and pure. We respect, honor, and reverence his holy fire. God's fire sets our hearts ablaze with a love that glows, a faith that ignites, and a devotion that consumes. We hate sin with a fierceness that burns. And, and we, we rejoice, rejoice in God with radiating joy. The fire of the Lord will guide us through darkness and cause us to triumph over our enemies. God comes with fire to comfort, encourage, and empower us, and to execute judgment on our foes. There is a fire that has been ignited within. It burns in our hearts and our bones. We are his flames of fire. We will not let his holy flame go out, but we will keep our lamps full of oil to burn bright for him. At Victory, our vision is to reach out beyond our walls with the message of salvation, hope, and inheritance. To proclaim the uncompromising word of God, to build a strong body of believers, and to encourage relationships in a loving atmosphere. We activate God's word to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. At Victory Christian Fellowship, we are inheriting God's promises and experiencing their benefits. Amen. Before we have the announcements, um, we have this container, and it says, Salvation Through Christ. And it's going to be in the back at our information booth. And if you know someone that needs to be born again and uh, you're connected with them and you know them you can put their name in there and every sunday for until the lord says to stop we're going to be praying over this and we're going to do that right now amen so could you please stand to your feet and uh, stretch forth your hands to this thank you Jesus. father we thank you that you have yes, great patience Jesus. for the precious fruit yes. of the earth and, Lord, we pray over Thank these people you, that are in this jar, this yes. container, Lord, that they will come to the yes, knowledge of Jesus. the truth, yes. that their eyes of yes, understanding Lord, will be enlightened. They'll be opened yes. to see their need of a Savior. Yes. And I thank you, Lord, that it is your will yes. that no one should perish, yes, but that all should come you, to, to know you and to have everlasting yes, life. And, Lord, we pray that you would send laborers across yes, their path Lord. to communicate the gospel to them, Lord. Yes. And I thank you, Father that their names shall be written in your book of yes, life Jesus. in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 You may be seated. Um, when did you preach about obedience? Last week. Okay, last Sunday. There you go. 
Uh, Pastor Doug was preaching about obedience, and I didn't come up to share this then, but I'll share it now. Uh, I think everyone is here or became born again, really, if you think back to your um, experience with God, because someone else was obedient to God to do what he asked them to do so that you could hear the you could hear about salvation and you could receive salvation right either somebody prayed for you like we just did god told pastor duck to do this so we just did that or somebody invited you to church maybe you've been you were from another church and you didn't know as much as you do now since you've been coming here but that somebody there was an act of obedience for you to be here and for you to be walking with god in in your life like you are now so with that in mind, I think all of us should take some time every week to pray and ask God to show us who he has for us to personally help to come to the knowledge of Christ. Amen? Or to personally help to be removed from religion and have freedom in Christ that you could bring to church. I think one of the key elements of church growth is obedience to God. That's what it's all about. It's not about telling people how big your church is that you go to, telling them, you know, how awesome the worship is, how great your pastor preaches. It's about being obedient to God to bring them to the place God planned and prepared for them to be able to receive what he has for them next. Amen? So I, I think if we just give attention to it, you know, the Bible says give attention to my word. There's things that we need to pay attention to sometimes that we get so busy with life and we don't do that. But many of you are here or you came, even if you're watching online, you got hooked up with us by somebody else sharing it, somebody telling you about it, or you doing something that you wouldn't normally do. God speaks to us and gives us instructions and when we obey them, good things happen to us. Amen? So I believe that we have in our uh, life, we have the ability to listen for every area of our life. If you're working somewhere and it's not a good, it's not a good uh, experience, you listen to God for the act of obedience that could disperse all of that. Maybe there's somebody that needs to start working where you are to, to have agreement with you in the things of God. Pray for them to come. You see what I'm saying? So when you ask God for obedience, when you ask God and you want to do something he's asking you to do, you have to obey, no matter how little the instruction is. I remember one person, I was in the middle of doing, this was before we had Miss Lisa. So I did all the administrative work, everything. It was crazy. And Gabriel was young. He was, uh, I don't know how old he was. But I was in the middle of doing manuals for a class that was happening the next day. This was Friday night late. And in the middle of typing, I'm in the middle of a sentence, and the Lord stops me and says, call this person that visited, I think they visited last week or something. <laughs> I'm looking right at her. Call this person <laughs> and invite them to the, to the seminar the next day and tell them you, they can come for free if it's too late of a notice. You know, that, in other words, remove all the barriers from them not being able to come from your end. So I did. I stopped in the middle of sen- mid-sentence, picked up the phone, called, and that person's been at our church ever since. But see, that was an act of obedience that I had to obey to follow God. One instruction. Do you see? So God has an instruction. For, there's, not, there's no way in our life we haven't met somebody that needs to hear the message of salvation. Even of hope 
and the message of deliverance that God's asked this house to give out. Amen? So that's my exhortation today. And if it's, even if it's somebody that's far away from you, you may still hear an instruction to tell them something that will send them to a place close to them that they can be planted in the house. God wants us to be planted, not just floating around. He wants us planted because then he gives instructions in, in a sequence that we can understand and we can um, grow with, if that makes sense. Amen? Amen. Are we doing announcements? Okay. <laughs> Good morning and God bless you. Reminder that Sunday, September 5th is Andrew Taylor, our guest speaker. Andrew and his wife, Anne, will be joining us on Sunday, September 5th. So mark your calendars and invite some people to hear them. They have many testimonies of God's work in the Asia Pacific area. Is that how you say Asia Pacific? Okay, don't put an S in front of Asia Pacific. There we go. And um, this week, Tuesday, is Air Force, our youth group, at 6 o'clock. That's ages 12 and up. So we're thinking about back to school. Invite some of your neighbors or your grandkids or co-workers. Let them know if they have children that age to come. We had our breakfast yesterday. It's a new thing we started a couple months ago on the second Saturday. We have a breakfast for the youth, and that starts at 9. So that's something that some students, they have after-school activities and homework. They might not be able to make it during the week, but a Saturday morning. And we just have a kind of like here, like Sunday morning is different, has a different flow of the Holy Spirit. It's the same thing for that. And so yesterday, you can talk to the youth. The Holy Spirit came in like a rushing flood of the Father's love and the Father's heart. It was, it was so powerful. And I want you to know that yesterday morning, the youth got up and came here at 9 o'clock in the morning. And before we could even have breakfast, we didn't, they couldn't even get into the kitchen. In the cove, he met them. And he wanted them to know the father's heart the father's love for them and so talk to them because one thing we learned was when we receive something from the lord it's for us to gain a blessing and a benefit from but it's also for us to share with others so they are full of the father's love and they have that to share with you so they might not come up to you so i'm going to give you a little a little invite and you can go talk to them so that's our Air Force Tuesday at 6, and then Wednesday night refreshing is at 6.30. So we look forward to seeing you there. Thank you. Hallelujah. There was an uh, entrepreneur who uh, had a moment of creative inspiration, and he owned a laundry beside the church and uh, he made this sign for his window where cleanliness really is next to godliness and Jesus told his disciples he said uh, who do the people say that I am 
And uh, his disciples answered and said, Some say you're John the Baptist, returned from the dead. Others say Elijah, one of the prophets. And Jesus also answered and said, uh, But who do you say that I am? <laughs> and Peter answered and said, Thou art the Logos, existing in the Father as his rationality, and then by an act of his will, being generated in consideration of the various functions by which God is related to his creation, but only on the fact that Scripture speaks of a Father and a Son and a Holy Spirit, each member of the Trinity being co-equal with every other member, and each acting inseparably with the inter interpenetrating every other member, with only an economic subordination within God but causing no division which would make the substance no longer simple. And Jesus answered and said, what? <laughs> you know, it's best to keep things simple. <laughs> and uh, God makes things simple, but man tends to complicate them. <laughs> Hallelujah. I just want you to look at Matthew 23 for just a minute before we dismiss our wonderful, awesome kids. In our uh, kids' life, and uh, hallelujah, Matthew 23, 23. And uh, if you know this chapter, it is not favorable to Pharisees. But Jesus said this in verse 23. Oh, I guess I better get in 23, I was in 24. He says, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin and have omitted the weightier matters of the law, judgment, mercy, and faith. These ought you have done. Everybody say, these should be done. And then he said, and not to leave the others undone. Did you know that we can live life and we can take care of our spiritual side of life. We don't have to trade in one for the other. We can do both. Amen. And this is what Jesus was saying to this Pharisee. Oh, they were, they were sure to, to do the little things, but then some of the bigger things they didn't do. But how many know through Christ we can do it all? Amen. So uh, if you give today, know that you're investing in good ground. Those of you that are watching, you can give uh, through our website at bcfpa.org. Those of you that are here, we have a container there and a container there. And, uh, you know, it's amazing. When you put your seed in, God receives it, multiplies it, and makes it more than what it was. Amen. So, Father, I speak a blessing today over every gift and every giver. Lord, and we just honor you. We consider it a joy and a privilege to give into your kingdom. And, Lord, we thank you for rewarding us for, with such a rich and wonderful return. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, kids and teachers, are you ready? Right? Let's, you can go to have your class. Have a great and wonderful class. Be blessed. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Well, this morning I am continuing on with the subject of obedience. You can tell your neighbors and say, we're going to obedience class today. <laughs> Amen. I mean, we send dogs to obedience class, don't we? 
But you're not a dog. Amen. You're precious, fluffy sheep. Hallelujah. And uh, we're going to continue with where we started last week. If you missed the message last week, you can listen to it. You know, I want to encourage you that our messages are, are on Facebook Live and also on YouTube. And if you haven't subscribed to our YouTube channel, I would encourage you to do that and share that with friends. You know, um, I got to tell you something else, too. I was invited to preach, to minister to a group of pastors in India on August 19th. I'm going to do it by Zoom. I'm not going to India. This pastor whom I've never met contacted me through Messenger. And uh, so Thursday night, August 19th at 10 p.m. our time, 7.30 Friday the 20th on their time, I'm going to be ministering to a group of pastors in India. Amen. And uh, so I'm excited about that. And I want you to pray for me uh, for that night as well. And uh, that we can communicate what we're going to share a little bit of victory with India. Amen. So, uh, yeah. And I want you to know today that, you know, in order to cooperate with God and operate in the supernatural, You need to believe. How many know we need to believe? And we need to agree with God, right? We need to get on on the same page that he's on. And uh, we can't do our own thing and expect God to back us up, right? Right. We've got to do God's thing. And um, he is Lord, And we're not. Aren't you glad for that? And he is king. He is the king of kings, right? And this is his kingdom, isn't it? So, and he is the way, the truth, and the life. No one else is that. So, when we do things for God, we've got to do things his way. Right now, I know that you might that may seem, oh, that's just so selfish. But guess what? God is God. Right. And when you do it God's way, you're going to find that that's the best way to do it. And God's got many ways of doing things. Right. Our job is just to listen to him and to do what he tells us to do. Go with me to Hebrews chapter 13. Hebrews chapter 13, and we're going to get into this subject of obedience. God wants us to be obedient to him, not out of duty, but out of love. And we're going to see how Jesus was obedient to his father. So he's not asking us to do anything that he didn't do himself. Amen. In Hebrews chapter 13... Verse 20, I'm going to read it from the King James, then from the Amplified. Hebrews 13, 20, it says, Now the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you perfect in every good work to do what? His will. Everybody say his will. Working in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight 
through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Is it impossible for us to do God's will? No, he equipped us. He gave us everything. He made you perfect in every good work to do his will. God has enabled us. He has equipped us and he has empowered us why to do his will. So when it comes to the subject of doing God's will, which is obedience, by the way, no one can say they can't. Right. Say, I've got the goods. Good. Say, God gave me those. And every one of us in this room and watching online, we are equipped. We are Uh, We have the tools to do his will. Let me read it from the Amplified. It may seem louder. (laughs) Now may the God of peace, the source of serenity. (laughs) Whenever I see that word, I I don't know if you ever watched Seinfeld, but I I think of uh, George's father. Serenity now, serenity now. He's the source of serenity and spiritual well-being. You know, peace is more than just tranquil. It's nothing missing and nothing broken. And the God of all peace, the God of nothing missing, nothing broken, right? Who brought up from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood uh, that sealed and ratified the eternal covenant, 21, equip you with every good thing to carry out his will. Say, I've been equipped. And strengthen you, making you complete and perfect as you ought to be, accomplishing us in us that which is pleasing in his sight. God actually works in us to do that which is pleasing to him. Amen? Because ultimately, obedience is pleasing God. Very simple. It's doing his will. It's pleasing God. Amen? And I know that you all want to please God. Everybody wants to please God, don't we? It's a good thing. So Jesus, through his Holy Spirit and through his word, he works in us that which is necessary. We already have everything that we knew to do what he says. As a matter of fact, because God told you to do something, he knows that you could do it. Right? Otherwise, he wouldn't tell you. Everything that he tells you, you can do. Amen? We ought to get excited about that. In 2 Chronicles chapter 30, 2 Chronicles chapter 30, verse 12, it says, Also the hand of God was on Judah to give them one heart to do that which the king and the officials had commanded by the word of the Lord. God's given you a heart to do what you've been commanded to do. Amen? The question is, are you his to command? Because if we're going to follow his command, we're going to have to submit to his will. And we're going to have to actually do things sometimes that our flesh doesn't necessarily want to do. Amen? Because God's not a God of the flesh. He is a spirit. And sometimes the flesh and the spirit war. Well, not sometimes. They always do. They war against each other. How many 
ever noticed that? God tells you to do something, but your flesh disagrees. I don't want to. I don't feel like it. I'm, I don't feel led. You know. <laughs> By the way, those are all poor excuses. Anyway. Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 13. It says this. This is the Amplified. For it is not your strength, but it is God who is effectively at work in you. Both to will and to work, that is strengthening, energizing, and creating in you the longing and the ability to fulfill your purpose for his good pleasure. Woo-wee! That is good. Say, it's not my strength, but it's God's strength. God gives you his strength so that you can do his will. Amen? So, the word for obey in both Greek and Hebrew, I'm not going to give you those. I'm not a Hebrew scholar nor am I a Greek scholar, but I do like gyros. I do like olive wraps. Amen. It means to hear. It means to hear intelligently. So when you obey, you're hearing intelligent. And I know that in this room and watching online, there are intelligent people. You are all intelligent people. Amen. But the word actually means to hear intelligently, to give ear. It means to act in accordance with uh, what is commanded by an authority. This is what it means to obey. This is the definition of obedience. I mentioned this last week, but I'm, I'm repeating it. Um, so to obey is this essentially same as here. So when you don't obey, it's not, it's, you're not listening. All right? To obey is you're hearing and paying attention to a superior. And obedience is the proper response. All right? It's our proper response. And, uh, you know, the Bible tells children to obey their parents, employees to obey their employer, and citizens to obey their government as long as the government agrees with God. Right? When Pharaoh said, kill babies, thank God for the midwives. They disagreed. And they kept babies alive. Amen? Amen? When, when, when the king said bow, thank God that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, no, we're not going to bow. There, there's times to disagree with those things, all right? So obedience. You know, last week we talked about the disobedience of the first king, Saul. And uh, we learned in his story that uh, obedience is... Uh, you know, God appreciates obedience more than he does sacrifice. You can't disobey God for the sake of obeying God. I'm not going to do what you say so that I can worship you. No. That's what Saul did, right? Saul actually celebrated his disobedience. Okay? So I want to go into some different things this week. All right? Obedience is closely related to faith, love, and the blessing. 
You know, it takes faith to obey God. Right? And, and your act of obedience is the demonstration of your faith. I appreciate Joshua the, in the Bible because when God told him that he had a city, he didn't wait to attack it. And he often attacked it and took the city by surprise. He was very quick to obey. When God says, I've given you in this city, Joshua didn't need any other word. He got his army and he went. And guess what? He conquered 31 kings. Because he was quick to obey. He was quick to do what God said. And guess what? We've got to establish a pattern of obedience. Did you know that everything Moses told Joshua to do, he did before he was in charge? He served Moses, right? He carried his briefcase, right? He helped him. Uh, he, he, he went with him up, up the mountain. He stayed at the tabernacle with him. And when they got out of Egypt, who did Moses call on to defend them against the Amalekites? It was Joshua. Joshua took the men into action and he led them and won great victories. Go to Joshua chapter 1, verse 8 for a second. Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. I want you to see something right here. How many want to be successful? How many want to be prosperous? Okay? We can have them both. All right? But look at Joshua 1.8. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. In other words, the instruction was to Joshua, speak the word. How are you going to get your victory? You're going to speak the word. Well, guess what? You can't speak the word unless you know the word. Okay? Then he told Joshua, but, see, if you're going to speak the word, you've got to do this next thing. You shall meditate therein how often? Day and night. Day and night. Meditate means to ponder, to think, to go over, to repeat over and over again. You've got to meditate in it. That's what's going to give you the power to speak it. What digestion is to the body, meditation is to the spirit. It disperses God's word through your being. Okay? I never noticed that there was a but there. I love it when God butts in and the devil butts out. Okay, you got to meditate that you may observe to what? To do according to all that is written therein. Do we have a choice in what commands we should obey? No. Whatever the Lord says, we need to do. Say that with me. Say, whatever the Lord says, I need to do. Let's say that again. Lord, whatever you say, I need to do. Then, for then, you shall make your way prosperous and you shall have good success. If you're not speaking the word, if you're not meditating in the word, and if you're not doing the word, you will not have prosperity and good success. Does that mean, see... Can, can people in the world earn money, but are they prosperous? Not necessarily. Just because someone has money, that doesn't make them prosperous because their life could be messed up. 
Prosperity is more than money. It encompasses all kinds of things. All right? Okay. So, God loves you. And our obedience to God is a declaration of how we love him. Amen? Jesus said, if you love me, what did he say? Keep my commandments. That word keep is to do or to carry out. It's not just to hear them, not just to have them, but to do them. Okay? And we learn from the life of Saul that obedience is better than sacrifice. Right? God doesn't necessarily desire sacrifice, but he does desire obedience. Okay? Obedience is blessed and favored by God. Let's go to Genesis chapter 12. God blesses and favors obedience. He celebrates it. He rewards it. Genesis 12. It's the father of our faith, Abraham. Verse 1 The Lord had said unto Abram, you know, Abram didn't have a Bible. He didn't even have a scroll. You know who wrote Genesis? Moses wrote Genesis. So God had to speak to Abram, but, you know, his speaking is the same as what he wrote. Okay? Now the Lord had said unto Abram, notice the instruction. Get thee out of your country, from your family, from your father's house unto a land that I will show you. Okay? And I will make of you a great nation. And I will bless you and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless you, curse him that curses you. And in you shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Verse 4, so Abraham, Abram what? He departed. Everybody say, he departed. As the Lord had spoken unto him. The only thing is he took a lot with him. You need to take little, not a lot. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> if you take a lot, you get in trouble. <laughs> 75 years old. Everybody say 75. You know, we all begin our journeys with God at different places, at different times, different stages in our life. Moses didn't really know what he was supposed to do until he was 80. And here, Abram is 75. And God spoke to him. Would Abraham have been blessed by staying home? No. See, the, the, the blessing was in conjunction with the obedience. The blessing of God was tied into the obedience of God. And when we disobey God, we can't claim the blessing, whether we, no matter how loud we talk it or not. If we're not obeying God, the blessing is not operating in us. All right? So, Obedience is blessed and favored by God. Disobedience disconnects you with God and brings a curse. No one wants to be cursed, do they? 
How many want to be blessed? Amen? Well, the simple way to perpetuate the blessing in your life is to obey God each and every day. Okay? All right? And did you know that the blessing will save your life? I'm, I'm sorry. Obedience will save your life. The blessing will too. Go to Exodus chapter 15. Obedience may save your life. Notice Exodus 15 verse 26. It says, if you will diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord your God. Say, I'm a diligent doer. You know, that phrase, hearken to the voice, is, is talking about obedience. All right? How many know that sometimes to get out of a jam, we need to hear God's voice? Amen? That might be the, see, God's voice, his instruction in a time of distress or a time of sickness is the key that opens the door and gets us out. If you diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord your God and will do that which is right in his sight, whose sight? God's sight, not our sight, not my neighbor's sight, not my doctor's sight, but in God's sight. How do we know what God's sight is? Look to his word. God's sight sees his word. Did you know that God is in heaven waiting to hear his word from you so that he can perform it in your life? And will give ear to his commandments and keep all of his statutes. God's commandments are not a buffet. You can't pick and choose. You've got to take what you get. I will put none of these diseases upon you which I have brought upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that heals you. Is our healing connected with our obedience? Absolutely. Absolutely. Did you know that sometimes... Your body does not like a certain thing because of that thing, and your body just don't mix. I found for me, certain cheeses don't work for me. There were two kinds of cheeses that work really well for me. Others, not so good. Why? Just my body just doesn't react well to it. So guess what? I don't eat a lot of those cheeses. Amen? So we got to listen, right? Say, I'm a good listener. Go to Psalm 34. Psalm 34, hallelujah. Obedience may save your life. Psalm 34, verses 7 and 8. Hallelujah. All right, here we go. Psalm 34, verse 7 and 8. The angel of the Lord encamps around who? Those that fear him and he delivers them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusts in him. Now, to fear God is to obey God. Amen? Notice he camps around a certain group, those that fear God. To fear God is to reverence, honor, and respect him. Amen? We got an angel that encamps around the obedient. Amen. Hallelujah. You got an angel that has set up camp around you. And when the devil comes to you, the angel says, you can't touch this. <laughs> it's nice to know that we got angels encamped around us. The angel of the Lord. 
He's camped around those who fear him. All right? Go back to Exodus 23. And we're going to see another angel. Exodus 23 and verse 20. Hallelujah. I'm excited today. Are you excited today? The more we obey God, the greater the blessing will be. You can't lose in obeying God. Oh, I died obeying God. That's the best way to die. To die in faith, to die doing what God wants you to do. Amen? That is the best way to die. You don't want to die in disobedience. Oops. You know, it was like the one, uh, the one guy who went to heaven and uh, he hadn't really lived a good life, but he saw this lady being mistreated by this group of, of thugs and he intervened and, and he stopped them from hurting her. And uh, when he stood before the gates and he was asked, you know, well, what good, well, he said, they said, well, when did that happen? He said, oh, about a few minutes ago. He died because he was defending the lady. Amen. All right. Exodus 23, verse 20. Behold, I send an angel before you to keep you in the way and to bring you into the place which I have prepared. Beware of him and what? Obey his voice. Don't provoke him. (laughs) Don't tick him off. Right? For he will not pardon your transgressions, for my name is in him. But if you shall indeed obey his voice and do all that I speak, then I will be an enemy to your enemies and an adversary to your adversaries, for my angels shall go before you and bring you in... uh, Unto the Amorites, Hittites, Perizzites, Canaanites, Hivites, and Jebusites, and I will cut them off. You shall not bow down to their gods, nor serve them, nor do their works, but you shall utterly overthrow them and quite break down their images. How many know that we got an angel, but him bringing us into where we need to be is in conjunction with our obedience? It is connected. So obedience could save your life. I mean, there was one time where Israel disobeyed God and God started to fight against them instead of with them. I don't want God fighting against me. Amen? No, no, no. Hallelujah. Obedience opens the door to miracles. Go to 1 John chapter 3. 1 John chapter 3, verse 22. Yes. And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him because we what? We keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. That word for keep is obey. 
What makes us receive from God? Our obedience to God. God is, he is not an overbearing dictator. He is a loving father. He is gentle, kind. I mean, think about it. How long did he have to wait for you to get into the kingdom? You know, he never pressures anyone. He never pushes anyone. He's a gentleman. He's kind. So he's never going to tell you to do something that would be overbearing or harmful to you. And we have to take that into consideration. When God tells us something, it's from a loving God who's got the best, he's got our best interest in his mind. Right? He created us. He, he gave us breath. He gave us life. He's not going to give us something that's going to harm us or hurt us. So when he tells us to do something, there's a good reason for it. And we have to listen and do what he says. Can you say amen? amen. So it's the key to our miracle. How many times did someone get a miracle because they obeyed what the word said? Pick up your mat and walk. No, I'm, not, I'm just going to keep my mat right here. No, the person who never walked before was able to walk because they obeyed the instruction of the word. It's the key to our miracle. Obedience is the key to our miracle. It's the master key. It opens miracle doors. It creates miracle opportunities. Did you know that salvation is the greatest miracle of all? And in the book of Acts, it talks about when they were preaching the gospel, that people were, even the priests were obedient to the faith. How many know some priests need to get saved? Amen? I grew up Catholic. I can say that. It's true. Obedience turns negative circumstances around. Did you know that one instruction from God can deliver you? Right? How did Israel get out of Egypt? Instruction, kill a lamb. Take the blood. Put it on the doorpost. Boop, boop, boop. Right? And stay inside the house. Instruction. It brought deliverance. The death angel came. And he was killing every firstborn of animal and people. Except he could not cross the bloodline. That instruction saved them from death. How about Rahab? Hey, we, we, look, we, we know what God is doing. We fear God. That's why the city is shut up. When you come and take this city, I want you to spare my family. Okay, if, if we're going to spare your family, you've got to put this, uh, this crimson cord, right? This scarlet cord out your window. And, and we know when we'll take the city, we're going to... Rahab saved her entire family because she followed the instruction that God told her to do. Every one of her loved ones, she said, okay, Grandpa, Mima, Papa, Dad, I want you to come to our house because the Israelites are coming. And we got this cord out the window. She did exactly what the instructions told her to do. And what happened? 
Oh, my goodness, she was saved. She is put in the genealogy. Because she followed the instruction. When God gives you an instruction, it's not your job to reason as to how you're going to do it. Just do it. Everybody say, just do it. (laughs) We're so conditioned to try to reason things out. Did you know when God said Noah to build a boat, he didn't say how much it was going to cost? Moses, Moses, I'm I'm sorry, that's a combination of Noah and Moses, Moses. (laughs) Noah did not have to be concerned where the supplies were going to come from. All he had to do was build the boat and gather the food that they were going to need on the boat. Right? Because he was following the instructions. And thank God that he did it just like God said. Aren't you glad? See, in obedience to God, there are no shortcuts. People are trying to find the quickest way to have God move. There, sometimes there's not a quick way. Sometimes you've got to go through a process. I'm sure that Joshua and Caleb prayed that their 40 years could be quickened. Because they were the ones who believed God, but they had to hang out with the whiny babies for 40 years until all the whiny babies were gone. I'm sure that they prayed, Lord, speed up the time, quicken the time, translate us. Now, that's not in the Bible, but that's just my opinion. I'm sure that they prayed that. I mean, how would you like to feel? You're believing God, but everyone around you is not, and so you have to endure their disqualification for 40 years. And let me say this, you're not obligated to combine your obedience with anybody else. If God tells you to do something, you do it irregardless of who's with you or not. If God, if God wants to talk to the group, he'll talk to the group. But you just do what he tells you to do. Deuteronomy chapter 4, Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 29, hallelujah, this is good stuff, Deuteronomy 4, 29, he was talking about them integrating into the promised land and them uh, serving other gods, which happened, by the way. Every time Israel would serve other gods and disobey God, an enemy army would come in. And it was their disobedience that brought the disruption. But look at verse 29. But if from there, let's say you miss God. Let's say you didn't do something right. That's not the end of the world. You can repent. Oh, thank God for repentance. He said, if from there, if you seek the Lord your God, you shall find him if you seek him with all your heart and with all all your soul. Verse 30, when you are in tribulation, 
and all these things are come upon you, even in the latter days. If you turn to the Lord your God and shall be obedient unto his voice, for the Lord your God is a merciful God. He will not forsake you, neither destroy you, nor forget the covenant of your fathers, which he swore unto them. We know this from the book of Jonah. Nineveh was set to be destroyed. The city was going to be wiped out. Why? Because they were wicked. You know, when God destroys someone, he gave them plenty of opportunities to repent. They just never took it. That's why the Hittites, Jebusites, the Canaanites, and all the otherites got dispossessed because they... They were wicked. They, they did abominable things. And, and God dispossessed them with the obedience. The disobedient are not qualified to the blessing, but the obedient is. And so God sent Jonah to Nineveh. And we know that Jonah just wanted to go to Nineveh, didn't he? <laughs> right? Because every one of us, we just obey God. Just, I mean, the first time he says something, we never... You talking to me? I don't think so. So Jonah went in the opposite direction. How'd that work out for him? You know, if you're going to try to run from God, you cannot outrun him. You cannot hide from him. There's nowhere you can go on the planet or the, or the stars to get away from God. So guess what? You might as well just obey. Amen. You're not going to outrun him. You're not going to hide from him. And so Jonah, he, he bought his own ticket. And he's in this boat. But be careful when someone who's disobedient is in your boat. Because a storm rose up. And everyone who was part of the boat had to get rid of their goods. They had to throw them overboard. The fishing, everything. They didn't know, and, and Jonah said, oh, I'm the reason. <laughs> How many know, when you disobey God, you know you're disobeying God. Jonah knew exactly what he was doing, right? And uh, he said, throw me overboard. Now, they didn't want to do that. But they concluded that that was the only, the only way out. So they threw Jonah overboard, and the storm stopped. Make a long story short. Jonah, after he was uh, spit up from the whale, or the big fish, he hit that beach, you know. See, if you just obey God, you avoid the seaweed. Right? He, I mean, seriously, who wants to spend three days in the fish's belly? I mean, seriously. I've cleaned fish. I've seen what's in their bellies. No way. No thanks obedience is much better it's much more easier but if you want to do it the hard way God will let you do it the hard way right he'll let you toil he'll let you fight through it right did God come out from heaven and knock the fruit from Adam's hand no why his word was sufficient don't eat it or you're going to die See, God's word to us is, is, is sufficient. We don't need anything else. And so Jonah goes to Nineveh reluctantly, and he says, in three days you're going to be destroyed. 
Well, what did Nineveh do? They repented. They got right with God from the king. He made the cows fast. I mean, when you make the cows fast, you're pretty serious about changing, right? He said, everybody's going to fast. The cows, the people, everything. And you know what happened? That put the cows in a bad mood. (laughs) Couldn't resist. (laughs) Was Nineveh destroyed? Because they took steps of obedience, which prevented the destruction. Maybe things are going the way they're going because you're not obeying God in an area. Instead of a tithe, maybe you're giving them 8%. A tithe is not 8%. A tithe is 10% of everything that comes in. So, obedience is our response to God's invitation or instruction. Look at 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3. Hallelujah. I use the iPad so much it's hard to find the pages. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Look at verse 16 and 17. All scripture. What, what is it about all scripture? Every scripture is God's word. Say it's God's word. So when you're reading this, it's just like God speaking to you. Okay. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. The men, the authors of these uh, words did not sit down and have a convention one day and say, we're going to write a Bible. No, God actually spoke to these people who wrote what God said. We have to treat it as such. And is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. How many know because we've been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, we need to be instructed in righteousness. That the man of God may be perfect, adequate, thoroughly furnished unto what? All good works. Did you know that you were equipped by God for good? A good God equipped you with good things so that you can do good works. Amen? There's no reason why any Christian cannot do a good work. We established that already in the beginning today. So obedience is our response to God's invitation or instruction. We have to get used to saying, yes, Lord. Now, who's ever been in the military? Not me, but if if you've been in the military, right? Those of you that have been in the military, is it okay to reject orders? No, rejecting orders comes with severe consequences, right? You might be given a toothbrush and a latrine, right? If you don't know what a latrine is, 
that's where you uh, eliminate waste. Amen. And you, and you get a toothbrush to clean it with. <laughs> Amen. So, uh, yeah, we have to follow orders. All right. Obedience qualifies you for blessing. Go to Genesis 26. Genesis 26. Are you being taught the word today? How many love the teaching of the word? Genesis 26. And uh, verse 2. So there was a famine in the days of Isaac. How many know that God can get you out of a famine? Notice what he says. And the Lord appeared to him and said, go not down to Egypt. Why, why does he, See, because when there was a famine before, Abraham took his family and everything down to Egypt. Okay? So how many know if we follow tradition, when a famine comes, Isaac would have uh, defaulted by taking his family to Egypt? Why? Because that's what the family did, right? That's what he knew. Okay? So God, now, he's interrupting this. All right? He says, don't go down to Egypt. Dwell in the land which I shall tell you of. Sojourn in this land. And I will be with you. Isn't that powerful? And will bless you. For unto you... And your seed, I will give all the, these countries. That's basically uh, India to Iraq, all those things. Maybe not so much India, but it's all the Middle East. And unto your seed, I will give all these countries, and I will perform the oath which I swore unto Abraham your father. I will make your seed to multiply and the stars of heaven will give unto your seed all these countries and in all your seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed because Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes and my laws. So Isaac dwelt in Gerar. He made a decision that he was going to do what God said. Even when circumstances would dictate you might do something else. Say, I'm going to do what God says. And it was that that God qualified him for blessing. And what happened? Later on in the chapter, he sowed in the land and reaped a hundredfold in the same year. Everybody say a hundredfold. In the same year. That's a pretty good harvest. That's a bumper crop, Right? How did that bumper crop came about? It came about through obedience, through being where God said be, doing what God said do. Amen? That's where the blessing came upon him. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Go with me to Isaiah chapter 11. And before we close today, I want to touch a little bit on the obedience of Jesus. Did Jesus do the things that he did as God or man? 
Did Jesus perform miracles as God or man? Did he feed the thousands of people as God or man? The answer is he did it as a man. He, we know from Philippians that he put aside his, uh, even though he was God, right? He did not operate as Jesus as God. Okay? He put that aside. Why? He wanted to demonstrate to you and I the results of an obedient life. If he could do it as a man anointed by the Holy Spirit, then you could do it as a person anointed by the Holy Spirit. This is what Jesus did. All right? And in Isaiah chapter 11, there shall come forth a rod, verse 1, out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of its roots. The Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of the knowledge and of the fear of the Lord, and shall make him of quick understanding in the fear of the Lord, and he shall judge, he shall not judge after the sight of his eyes, neither reprove after the hearing of his ears. But with righteousness shall he judge the poor and reprove with equity for the meek of the earth. And he shall smite the earth with the rod, the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips he shall, dis he shall slay the wicked. And righteousness shall be his girdle of his loins, and faithfulness the girdle of his reins. Okay? So he's going to be faithful. He's going to be diligent. He's going to do he's not going to base he's not going to do things based on natural input. You know, sometimes we look at the natural and we think, "Oh, this or that," but it's wrong because we're not looking at the spirit of things. Right? When when uh, Samuel came to anoint David, he was looking at David's brothers, right? He said, "Oh, this one should be good." Nope. "Oh, how about this one? He looks Nope. How about this one? Nope." Don't you got any other sons? Oh, yeah, we got one out in the field. Last choice. Amen. Okay, bring him in. We're not going to sit until he comes in. Amen? God even told Samuel, he said, man looks to the outward appearance, but God looks to the heart. And God can only see the heart. So when God gives you warnings about interactions with things, take them, take to, take them to heart. Okay? And so we know that Jesus was obedient and in Luke 2:50 it says that he grew he grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God right in in uh Luke 2:51 uh, it says he was continually submissive and obedient to his parents everybody say submissive and obedient all right go to John chapter 5 John chapter 5 Boy, I tell you what, we're going to be so blessed in this place. Why? Because we're so obedient. Amen? We're not going to listen to the stranger's voice. We're not going to offer up strange fire, but we're going to listen to the voice of the Lord, and we're going to do what he says. We're going to be quick to obey, and we're going to see good, good, good results. Can you say amen? amen. That's what God wants for us. Right? John chapter 5, verse 30. Jesus is talking here. I can of my own self do what? 
Nothing. Oh, wow. Jesus did not magnify self. As I hear, I judge. Isn't that what Isaiah prophesied? He's fulfilling the word that was spoken about him hundreds and hundreds of years before. And my judgment is just because I seek not my own will, but the will of the Father which has sent me. Jesus, in his life, never said anything that the Father didn't say. He never did anything that the Father didn't do. Everything he said, he heard. Everything he did, he saw. Why? He was in complete obedience to his father. And that man, Jesus, he was the greatest success story that ever walked this earth and ever will be. Amen? He fulfilled the will of God in 33 and a half years. Glory to God. He, only, he was only in ministry for three and a half years. He only performed miracles for three and a half years. Three and a half years. Why? Because he was 100% obedient. He never disagreed with God. He never injected his own opinion. He never did anything because he felt like it. He was never motivated by senses. He wasn't even motivated by, he wasn't even pressured by the intimidation of the world. You know, when they brought to him the woman caught in adultery, the world's putting pressure on him. Religion wants to put pressure on him to do the wrong thing. What's he doing? He's writing in the sand. He's like, you ain't going to pressure me. I'm obedient to God. Amen? Say, I'm going to do what God says. Don't let any natural force pressure you or be above the voice of God. God will not pressure you, but he'll tell you how to silence the pressurers. He'll tell you how to pull the plug on the pressure cooker. Amen? So we see Jesus, and uh, verse, he said, verse 31, if I bear witness of myself, my witness is not true. (laughs) You know, that would be like us giving a report on how good we are. You know, you're, look, if you want to find out if, if someone's a good husband, you don't ask the husband. You ask the wife, right? If you want to find out if a wife is good, you don't ask the wife. You ask the husband. Can I get a witness? Amen? This is what Jesus is saying here. There is another that bears witness of me, and I know that the witness which he witnesses of me is true. Who's that? That's the Holy Spirit. He always testifies of Jesus. Whenever the Holy Spirit goes, he says, I want to testify of Jesus. He never disagrees with Jesus. He's always in line with Jesus. Amen. They're in harmony. They're in sync every time, all the time. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, they are so close. They are so uh, in harmony and in agreement that you can hardly tell them apart. They're so closely linked. Amen. How many ever played the monkeys in the jar? Right? Well, you got to get the, the monkey's got their arms hooked, right? You got to hook the monkey, right? You got to link them together, right? How many know? We, we got to be linked together with God. Amen? So, uh, 
Verse 36, he said that John was a witness to him. And then verse 36, but I have a greater witness than that of John for the works which the Father has given me to finish, the same works I do. Everybody say the same. They bear witness of me that the Father has sent me. And remember when he had that conversation with his disciples? They said, show us the Father. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Why? He was the perfect representation. He sounded like the Father. He looked like the Father. I mean, him and the Father wore the same cologne. Right? They had the same fragrance. Amen? They had the same mannerisms. See, when you walk with someone so closely... You become one, don't you? All right, how many spouses answer their other spouse's sentences? Why? How did you get that? Because you became one, right? You spent so much time together that you think the same thing. Like, they, they can tell what you're thinking. Glory to God. Hallelujah. This is the obedience of Jesus. Verse 37, and the Father himself which has sent me, he has borne witness of me. You have neither heard his voice at any time nor seen his shape. Why? Because he's a spirit. And even Moses didn't even get to see him. He got to see his backside. You know? This is how God was running past Moses. And Moses just caught a glimpse of God. Glory to God. All right? Verse uh, 43. Oh, no, let's, uh, verse 41. I receive not honor from men. Whoa. Boy, that'll put a little dent in your ego, won't it? They didn't even appreciate me. Get over it. Did you do what the Father said? He'll appreciate you. Verse 43, but I know that you don't have the love of God. Verse 43, I am come in my Father's name, and you receive me not. If another shall come in his own name, him you will receive. All right, let's go down to John chapter 7. Oh, wait, no, John chapter 6. John 6, I'm almost done. Verse 33. He says, the bread of God is he which came down from heaven and gives life unto the world. And they said, Lord, give us evermore this bread. Verse 35, and Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that comes to me shall never hunger, and he that believes on me shall never thirst. Why? Because he's a perfect representation of the Father. Chapter 7, verse 16. 7, verse 16. And Jesus answered them and said, my doctrine is not my own but his that sent me. Jesus didn't even come up with his own sermons. And you know what? I always ask God, what do you want to say to the people? And you know, he he is so faithful. He will confirm it. You know? And I'm always open. I, I spend a lot of time in preparation, but I'm always open that if what I prepared is not what God wants, then it's out the window. And I'm ready to do whatever he wants me to do. Now, as a teacher, sometimes that's, that's a little, you're stepping out in faith. Amen? 
I'm leaving my notes. Oh, my goodness. Now, the prophets are saying, what notes? Notes? I just hear from the Spirit of God. (laughs) But you know what? I appreciate different anointings. But my point today is, is, is simply this. Okay, I'll do that. I want to encourage the body of Christ to be obedient because you know what? We're living in a time and an hour where the pressure to be disobedient is very great. People are bound by the spirit of fear. Fear is running rampant because, number one, people are misinformed. And when you're misinformed and you don't really know what something is, you're a little cautious about it. You're, but you know what? We, we don't have a spirit of fear. It's not in our DNA. Amen? So we need to get rid of fear, and we need to have faith in God. And part of having faith in God is obeying what he says. You know, you can't believe God if you don't obey God. And we got a lot of people who run around with the name Christian, but they don't do anything that God says. And that's just simply wrong. It ought not be. All right, go to Isaiah 1. This is my last passage of Scripture. And then I'm done. Did you get something out of this today? I hope you see obedience. Oh, my goodness. How many has ever heard of, um, we all heard Isaiah 1, 19, if you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. But have we really considered the verses before that? Listen to Isaiah chapter 1. He is addressing a sinful nation. Verse 4, he says, ah, sinful nation, a people laden with iniquity, a seed of evildoers, children that are corruptors, they have forsaken the Lord. Who's talking? Not me. This is the Bible. This is God talking through a prophet. They have provoked the Holy One of Israel unto anger. And they are gone backward. That's where we get to turn backsliding. I've backslidden before. I know what it is. Why should you be stricken anymore? Verse 5. Will you revolt more and more? The whole head is sick. And the whole heart is faint. From the sole of the foot even unto the head, there is no soundness in it. But wounds and bruises and putrefying sores. They have not been closed, neither bound up, neither mollified uh, with ointment. Your country is desolate. Cities are burned with fire. Well, we're seeing some of that today in America, aren't we? Your land strangers devour, and in your presence it is desolate, as overthrown by strangers. And the daughter of Zion is left as a cottage in a vineyard, as a lodge in a garden of cucumbers, as a besieged city. 
Except the Lord of hosts had left unto us a very small remnant, we should have been as Sodom, we should have been like Gomorrah. Hear the word of the Lord, you rulers of Sodom. Give ear to uh, the law of God, you people of Gomorrah. And uh, he goes on to say, and he, he lists all these different things, but I want to speed up to verse 16. Okay? He says, wash you and make you clean. Put away evil of your doings from before my eyes. Cease to do evil. I want to say that today. Cease to do evil. Stop disobeying God. All right? Learn to do well, verse 17. Seek judgment. Relieve the oppressed. Judge the fatherless. Plead for the widow. Verse 18. Come now. Let us reason together, says the Lord. You need new instruction. You need new information. And you got to get it from God. He says, though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Can someone say amen? We have an opportunity. We don't have to stay in an evil state. We don't have to stay in a disobedient state. We can make things right with God. But you've got to make things right with God. They'll be red like crimson. They shall be as wool. Verse 19, if you be willing and obedient... You will eat the good of the land. You will prosper. No one will come and devour it. You will enjoy the goodness of your land. Amen. Hallelujah. You'll enjoy the good things that God has for you. Verse 20, but if you refuse and rebel, disobedience is rebellion against God. You shall be devoured with the sword for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. Now, I know that that's a heavy note to close on. But the good news is, we don't have to stay in a state of disobedience. It's not going to turn out well for you. It would be a very sad day to find. Do, Do you know that some people's evil caused their name to be blotted out of God's book? If you follow the generations of Eli, God destroyed every male of his family so that his name would be blotted out of the book. So if you're here today and you've been missing God in an area, you're not following an instruction, stop it. And let's make things right with God today. Amen. Can we stand to our feet today? You know where you are with God. I'm not going to have anybody come up on this particular thing. But I want to pray a general prayer of repentance. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks and praise for your mercy today. Your mercy was new this morning. It showed up. It was available to us. It was given to us, Father. And if there are any areas in our lives that we've missed you, we haven't heeded your word, we haven't done things the way you wanted them done, we've added to your word or we've taken away from your word or we've added our own thing to your word, Father. Lord, we just come into your presence. We ask you to forgive us, Father.
Lord, we repent and we make things right with you today in the name of Jesus. And we thank you, Lord, that you wash away our sins, Lord, with the blood of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, when we confess our sins to you, you are faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So, Father, I thank you right now that we are cleansed here today in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Just give God praise for being cleansed. Amen. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Well, I don't know about you. Being cleansed is, is good news. Aren't you glad? There's nothing else that can wash away our sin other than the blood of Jesus. That's the only substance. Amen. And maybe you're here today and you want to enhance your relationship with the Lord. Best way to do that is to be born again. God told or Jesus told a religious leader, he said, if you want to see the kingdom of God, you got to be born again. And he thought that means to go back and, and get born naturally. It doesn't mean that at all. It means born from above. It means being made a new creature. It means the old sin nature is taken away. Is there anyone here that has never asked Jesus to be Lord of your life? That is step one in obedience. Amen. We've got to give our lives to Jesus. And if you've given your lives to Jesus, is there anyone here that would say, I've never met Jesus as Lord and Savior. I've never been born again. It's a good opportunity to do that. Hallelujah. You can do it by asking Jesus to come into your heart. Believing that he's God's son and that he rose from the dead. Amen. And I just want you to commit today that you're going to do your best to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. And anything that he says, anything that he tells you to do. And it's going it's to take a greater involvement in your relationship with him. Amen. But how many know we can grow in God? So say this with me. Say, Heavenly Father. I commit my way to you today. I am completely yours. My mind, my will, my body, my heart, everything that I have, everything that I am, I'm yours. I will follow you. I will obey your word. I will do what you say. Because I'm in love with you. And I thank you for loving me. I thank you for your faithfulness. And your goodness. And your grace which you've given me. And your forgiveness which you've bestowed upon me. I receive it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Someone say praise the Lord. Well, you guys are ready for the week now. Right? You're going to have opportunities, so, and you're going to pass every test, right? Because you're destined for victory. You guys are winners. God chose you. Amen? He put his name in you. Glory to God. He's equipped you with everything that you need. You cannot fail. Just stick with him. Have a great and wonderful day and a good week. God bless you.